let go. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong. This is Sadiq and you're listening to the Prove Me Wrong podcast, which is a sports related podcast where I'll discuss a wide range of topics from the NFL, NBA and collegiate athletics happening every Tuesday morning. So we're going to kick off the show uh, talking about NIL. I know y'all want to talk about the finals. I'm going to get to that. The Greek freak, he's been doing his thing. Um, just laying it down on everybody, no matter who it is, DeAndre Ayton, Channing, uh, Jay Crowder, Onion Powder, Clam Chowder, it doesn't matter. He's giving a 34-14. But we're going to talk about what happened in the news about a week or so ago. College athletics, college sports has been changed from a financial perspective and also from a law perspective. So who I have here is I have Abdul um, here, who's a lawyer in New York City for a big time firm. I have Shade from Akinwa, who just graduated um, from law school. And they're here to be the experts. They're here to tell me uh, what's going on, because, you know, I'm just an MBA student. You know, I don't really study the law like they do. So they're going to break it down for me in ways that not only for myself, but for you guys listening, y'all can understand. So thank you guys for coming on the show. Um, Fabdul, fam, what is NIL? What just happened a couple of weeks ago? Well, first off, let me thank you for having me on. I've been an avid listener since the podcast launch. You're doing a great job. Thank so you. Keep up doing your thing. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Um, so when you talk about NIL, it's an abbreviation for name, image, and likeness. It's a legal term that describes the right of publicity. So each individual theoretically has the right to monetize their name, their image, and their likeness, or alter- alternatively keep that private and say like, no, I don't want my face anywhere. But most people are you know, motivated by money. So they'll say, hey, I'll license my name or my likeness to you for a certain fee. So a tangible example for that would be LeBron James. I'm a big LeBron fan. Shout out to my guy if he's listening. LeBron, um, but we're not going to talk about that. We just, you know, this is okay. Space um, Jams comes out in a couple of days. So hopefully I'll be able to see that too. Um, so let's say LeBron's deal with Nike, where he has an agreement with Nike and grants them permission to use his image and likeness to promote their products. Um, and he obviously gets paid on the back end. So some, usually a sponsorship kind of deal would talk about. Uh, would get to name, image, and likeness. Okay, okay. And Sade, you know, I've known you for a long time. You're a big sports fan. Um, When you saw this, what was your initial reaction? What was your initial thoughts on it? Yeah, no, I I think that this is great, honestly, like though, which I'm sure we'll get into, there might be difficulties in executing this in ways that are equitable um, across the nation. Overall, I think that this is perfect. This is something that was necessary. You know, I love sports, but you also know I'm into like social justice and all of that. And this is also a social justice issue in a way. Think about you know, all of the student athletes who come from low-income backgrounds who are excelling in their particular sport. 
you know, now, now with this, um, this breakthrough, maybe they can bring in some money for their family. Like that's immediately um, what I started uh, thinking about when I saw, saw this news. And so it'll be great for people like that from those backgrounds to see where, where this goes. Now, now to, to add on to that, Shade, like you, you talked about um, the execution. What are some loopholes, some elephant in the room kind of things that you see that could be a deterrence moving forward with this ruling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know about y'all, but one thing I immediately started thinking about um, as far as loopholes is like, Okay, so now now student athletes can monetize their NIL. But if there's a a particular student athlete on one team who is just like clearly that dude, right? That person Zion. Right, head honcho, you know, team, right? And so they're 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 able to bring in so much. Is that gonna create issues with like team identity, you know, the team being able to be a unit because Zion's, you know, making all this money, but what about the other teammate who's like, is not making much, you know, will that breed feelings of jealousy or will that just make it difficult period, you know, and who knows, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, maybe there won't be any issues there, but that's definitely something that I'm thinking about, um, and, and I'm, I'm no fan of the NCAA on this issue, but these are some of the arguments that they do talk about when, you know, historically they've been against stuff like this, right? Like it make it can make it difficult for teams to coalesce um, when there's a, a discrepancy in how much, you know, each teammate is making. Man, I don't care if it's Zion, <laughs> Reggie Bush, Terrell Pryor, Johnny Football. If you're on that team, just go along with the ride. You'll right. get paid to somehow, some way. <laughs> don't get jealousy into this. Yeah. I don't care. Shoot, shoot. Let me be on the team with Zion. I'll sit right my happy. I'll sit my happy self right on the bench mm-hmm. and get them local deals. Yeah, you can have Nike, you can have Gatorade, you can you can have all those big time. I will take the little local brands as long as I get my five, 10 minutes on the court, I'll be fine. <laughs> um <laughs> So, you got a good head on your shoulders, though, right? You're you're a level-headed person, like thinking about you know just like human nature, you know. For some of these, jealousy is real. Right, jealousy is real. Some of these kids, they coming into these sports and they're 18. You know, what I, I'm saying like he ain't as good as me. Okay, I get that, and we're dealing with 18 year olds and 20 uh, to about 20, 21 year olds, depending on the sport, right? But and most of these players. Like, let's not try to diminish their careers once they get to college. They were probably the best player on their team, whether it's football, basketball, softball, baseball, swimming. But it's a whole different ball game once you get to college. Like, once you get to college now, it's officially open for business. That Like, if you can't produce on the field, don't expect to get the same money that, you know, Reggie Bush would have gotten in 06 or Vince Young would have gotten in 05 or – LeBron James, had he went to college and went to Ohio State or Duke? No, 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 no. You better sit yourself down, be happy you on the team. Hopefully, right. you get a ring and get your degree. Get your um, degree. Yeah. yeah. So, let me add on to that real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, friend. Before I add on, I should say for anyone who's listening and ends up, you know, figuring out where I work, my views expressed today on my <laughs> own Instagram <laughs> employer. I know, uh, that's right. a you little know. Dis- disclaimer that's definitely yes. necessary. Absolutely. Um, so let me put that out there real quick. <laughs> um, but to, to answer that question, I think 
some loopholes that may come up. I mean, it's still too early to tell with the recent decision and the NCAA rule change, but big markets may be advantaged because they can offer more, right? So if you're Duke, yes, it's a great school, but it's location isn't really great. Same thing with like North Carolina. Yeah, they're big teams, but would you really want to be there as a, you know, as an athlete? So, or if companies want their brand ambassadors to be located in LA or Hollywood, that can advantage, you know, USC or UCLA because you're in that market. So there's going to be a, a fine line where it's still prohibited to uh, induce athletes to go to a certain school, but that might be a byproduct of going to a certain area or say, hey, yeah, we can't tell you, come to our school, but, you know, we have this modeling agency who's right down there in Hollywood. They would love to give you a million dollar deal, but you just have to be local. Was that in, is that um, name, image, and likeness thing? Or is that, you know, forcing or trying to nudge someone to go to a specific area? And nudging. Like, Let's call it what it is. Nudging. It could be, right? But sometimes may, some some folks, some I, I saw on the news recently, there were some athletes who, you know, have like side hustles and are pretty popular on social media or are musicians or certain things. So they might be induced to go to a certain area because they want to do that. And no, sports isn't going Number to one. Exactly. It's not going to be the end all be all. Some say LeBron ended up in L.A. because he had he wanted to make money moves on like, you know, his studio, other things like that. So that can come into play for college athletes as well. So I I get that. So I'm going to push back on you on that because college is not the pros. So, yeah, the pros, you know, especially in like certain sports where big cities matter, like baseball, um, basketball. But in college, boosters matter. Boosters are essentially those people that nudge, you know, the AD, the president. Hey, we're going to bypass through all you guys and make sure that the athlete that we're coveted, we get them out, get them out to our um, university. And a lot of, you know, those boosters, as well as um, money spent from alumni, that... I think the big cities, it could be like, could I see, you know, USC being a power uh, powerhouse in the next couple of years? Maybe now Duke and North Carolina, they've lost their head coaches. So uh, they both are retiring. So but they still have a lot of boosters, a lot of money in that university. Um, so you, you, you're dealing with alumni or boosters around those uh, around those universities that could definitely impact them even more so than the big cities. What do you have to say to that? No, that's definitely is a possibility, but I think my point is now there's going to be an influx of new money, right? Before the boosters kind of, now you have new money and can you match those, right? Like you have some of these startups coming in and looking for brand ambassadors. If I'm coming up with, you know, the idea for the new never inflatable basketball and I got this college star in this city, I can, that's new money coming in that can sway one one to another. So the boosters, they definitely have money, but this new money may be unmatched. That's true. Cause you're dealing with corporations as opposed to maybe sometimes a single entity. Um, 
So Sade, uh, a question I have for you is that, you know, certain states have already had like this kind of um, ability for college athletes. Um, with this ruling, does it really change, you know, what states have been doing uh, for the last couple of months? Well, it was an in an attempt to preempt what the states were doing. So, you know, this, this NCAA regulation didn't just like happen by coincidence, like- Oh, hell no. Happened. No, this is, you know, this is not by coincidence. They didn't just decide, you know, finally we believe in this issue. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll favor the athletes. It happened because at the state level, um, there's been so many states who are regulating on this issue and putting forth, either have put forth or are about to put forth um, legislation, you know, allowing um, allowing these players to make money off of their NIL. And so the NCAA has seen this happening and has said to our previous discussion, we don't want this to imbalance the playing field. Um, we're in, you know, hey, if, if X, Y, and Z states are the states that will allow me to make money off my NIL, I'm going to only look at schools in those states. Right. Um, so it's an attempt to try and like harmonize this um, to get ahead of, of what we were just talking about. But, you know, to, to what y'all were just saying, I'm not I'm not sure that you can ever fully get ahead of it, because to Abdul's point, if a company is in L.A. and says, I, I honestly like will only offer deals to people who are like in our immediate vicinity. If I'm a student athlete watching that, I'm going to commit to schools in that vicinity. I'm only going to commit to schools in L.A. then regardless right. of what's happening um, at the state level. But. A lot of this remains to be seen, you know, how, how this is going to play out, um, especially because different states are regulating on this differently. So, for example, one thing that caught my attention is how um, at Alabama, their provision says, OK, you should make money off of your NIL. That's that's fine. But you got to take financial literacy courses. Some other states say, OK, you can make money off of your NIL, but you do actually need to share money um, with the team. Wait, 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 hold on. Time out. Time out. Flag on the play. So you didn't even tell me this. I knew you was going to uh, catch on to that. See, just, just for y'all listening. So what I did was, week before, I gave them these, I gave them questions that I wanted to ask them. Ain't nobody tell me there was provision. So you telling me, for instance, X university, I'm an athlete for that university. I make X amount of dollars because I'm exercising my name, image, and likeness. And I got to give back to the university? Absolutely. I'll be there. Or some states are even saying, again, you can make money off of your NIL, but you need to put um, a, a certain percentage of the funds generated, of the revenue generated into a trust, and you can't touch that until after you graduate. So every state is really um, handling this differently. There are some things that are um, similar across states. So, so, for example, most of the regulations at the state level say, finally, you're allowed to have an agent. You know, most, oh, of, yeah, yeah. most of the legislation will say something like that. But when it gets into these more um, minuscule ish, sub issues, that's where you start to see a patchwork arise. And so it will be very interesting to see how the NCAA responds to that. One thing that they are calling for is, you know, like the, the NCAA is saying, this is too difficult. How do you expect us to respond to 50 different, you know, response, you know, answers to this issue? The federal government, Congress, please legislate on this, on this issue to harmonize this so that, you know, it's not as complicated um, for us. But that's a whole nother, you know, can of worms to see what, what Congress does or does not do, frankly, um, on this issue. 
time will yeah. tell. Like Republicans and Democrats don't don't agree um, at this time. So Ooh. Yeah. you don't want to share what? What's wrong with y'all? You don't. Why? Wanna... Why am I sharing money that I earned? If someone, you know, someone threw you the alley, you know what I'm saying? You wait, hold on. What? <laughs> no, wait, wait. I had five <laughs> options. I told y'all why I gotta why I gotta I give y'all some money. You the alley, though. Okay. No, no, no. I, no, I don't care if it's an alley or a layup. I'm not giving you money. No, I'm not giving you money that I earned. That's like the, that's like you you got a job, right? That's like the company saying after you after forty hours a week or sixty, because because you know y'all be y'all be working y'all be working hard. 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah, you're gonna have to give uh five five hours of them back to the to the organization that you work for. Think about that, Shade. What would you do? You'd be like, I'm gonna look at somewhere else. <laughs> imagine, imagine that being a provision in, in your contract. Yeah, I just got out of law school, I'm doing big things. And yeah, so um every every time you make money, you gotta give some back. Mm-hmm. Come on, look at look at Abdul. You know, he big time lawyer, NYC. Imagine you being told, yeah, uh, so Abdul, you know, you're making a lot of money. You're gonna have to give some of us ba- some of that back. You know, you probably pack your bags and tell you, hey, might might need to go somewhere else. Yeah, I think that's a concern, right? Like, so, I mean, that's why, like, you know, the NCAA is definitely pushing to get some kind of federal level legislation. So it'll be uniform. So you're not really adhering to some of these nuances between the states because, you know, it incentivizes states too. Because once you're there, you, you're paying income taxes or you're doing something, they're generating revenue. So if they can entice players to come to their state um, and, you know, have a, lower threshold then i could see some states you know really pushing for that that's a really good point and so for for both of y'all i ask y'all whichever one wants to answer that's cool um from the federal level do you see any laws being made moving forward with this um with this pretty much any state can you know have their own um nil um law that they want to institute do you see anything um is essentially what i'm saying this is the beginning but do you see this as the end as well (laughs) that's a tough one (laughs) yeah that's a this is a political issue okay that depends on the political process exactly i think that that's a that is a question that implicates the political process in this country and where it will head even in the next two years okay it depends on Who's governing um, and, and has public consciousness around the issue risen enough to make whoever is in control, you know, want to move on, on this issue? It seems like we're getting there, but I think depending on who holds power and frankly knows what to do with that power, um, you know, <laughs> what they what you know, what they decide to do and how they decide to respond. Um, because I, I do think that the two major parties agree that some change needs to happen. But as always, they disagree on the extent of that change, how broad the change, um, you know, must be. So, for example, Democrats at, at this time are many of them are pressing for very broad protections for student athletes, you know, almost treating this like a, a big labor and employment issue. Right. Um, whereas Republicans are, are generally like not not willing to go that far at this time. Yeah, we don't see bipartisan legislation a whole lot these days. Right. So. Um, I think, yeah, on the federal level, though, we may in the next couple of years see 
you know, another case going to the Supreme Court challenging uh, the status of college athletes and maybe really pushing for them to be employees versus students because of the, you know, the workload and this, the staffing related issues. And that might be something that we see as, uh, as kind of signaled a little bit by Justice Kavanaugh in his um, concurrent, uh, in his concurrent uh, opinion. So we may see that, but definitely I don't think anytime soon. Yeah, because if I'm not mistaken, the man came out and said, if this was any other industry, this would be found illegal. Yeah. Um, so, um, but you brought up a good point um, that I want to um, talk about. So are we, are we seeing the beginning of the end to <laughs> amateurism? Are we, are we seeing the end of that? Because at this point, you know, like you said, there's going to be, that's like the real elephant in the room right now, which is, um, are they employees? Are they students? Are they a mixture of both? What, what are y'all thoughts on that? We're not seeing that. And it's definitely just going to adapt. There's too much money to be made. It's a billion, multi-billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. They'll figure out a way to keep it going and entice um, players to come in. Um, and you still have like, you know, alums who are real big on school pride. It's not really going to change much, especially, uh, for the N- N- NBA, for example, you still have to figure out what you'll do for a year before you enter the league. Right. So you still may end up getting a place who are one and done. So that's going to happen. They're going to make money and move on. Um, some plays who aren't the creme de la creme might stay for four years and make their money. Um, and go to back-to-back you know, national championships or, or be back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners or whatever the case is. So you'll definitely see that in its value there. So I think amateurism is still going to be around. Um, it's just going to be in a different in a different manner. People are just going to be getting paid more. So you're telling me 10 years from now, we'll still be calling college athletes amateurs as opposed to professionals? I mean, just tomato-tomato. <laughs> they're amateurs <laughs> because they're not in the pro league, but – they're they're getting paid. They're professionals. They're professional. Even right now, they're professionals. They're professional college players. Right. They, so yes, they go to a classroom. But even at that level, there's so many accommodations they get. Like if they have a game and there's a exam that day, professor has to either. Yeah, the, the, the prof- no, no, no. The professor has to. Yeah, exactly. To. So they, they are students, but in most cases, the the athletic part takes precedent the only way it doesn't is if they fail off or gpa is too low whatever the right. case is but there are so many other accommodations given to athletes that they are professionals at the end of the day gotcha so this is the oh go ahead go ahead Shadi. i was just gonna say i'm i'm not sure how much further um we can go than the the ground that's already been broken um like i'm not sure that we're ever going to go so far as to say universities should pay um college athletes salaries um i I highly doubt that we will um get there for you know the reasons that you mentioned the you know the very powerful lobbies at these universities who might not want something like that um to happen especially because now that that's impacting endowment and as we know universities care a lot no 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 right that that could impact endowment like who's paying these salaries where are these salaries coming from um especially now that you know, instead of perhaps, because this is another thing I'm thinking about, perhaps companies might now say, I don't need to pay 
I don't, I don't need to enter into a marketing contract with the university. I can just partner with whatever amazing student athlete there is on this one team, right? That's true. So um, in light of that, um, I'm not sure that universities will say, you know what, well, let, let's just pay the students' salaries then. Salaries then, although, you know, they should because to our point, they definitely are, you know, professional athletes like think about all these like television contracts entered into with the universities, um, you know, all of these uh, college football coaches who make tens of millions of dollars, you know, you can't, you can't call it, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? How can they be amateurs if the, if this sub industry is generating that much money at this point? Yeah, um, It's not fair. Yeah. There are certain coaches that make more than anybody at that university. Um, specifically Nick Saban, um, yeah. I know John Harbaugh, um, Mike Krzyzewski, um, but you brought up uh, something that was, that's interesting. So you talked about the provisions early on, Sade, about each state kind of has its own quirk. Um, but to me, another thing that I, that I was just thinking about right now is scholarships. So theoretically speaking, if a certain player knows or or they bring to the or the university knows that a certain player um, or players are getting X amount of marketing dollars or um, they're getting they're creating revenue from themselves um, from other entities. Could they could they have a provision to let's say, hey, if you're making X amount of dollars outside, then we're just going to take away your scholarship and use it elsewhere. Is that something that's possible? So the whole scholarship thing, could it be essentially be withered away or be allocated elsewhere? I definitely foresee schools trying to do that. What about you, Abdul? I, I, I definitely see schools trying to contract around it by saying, oh, fine, get your NIL, but only up, you know, only up to this point. But I think it remains to be seen whether that's even that is constitutional, even that is OK. I, yeah, I don't see I don't see that being an issue. Um because the scholarship is because the athletic scholarship is not is merit based and is not need based where they can you know really push to take it away at that point unless you violate the terms and at that point it's a contractual agreement between the parties so if i have school a who's going to give it me this you know fifty thousand dollar scholarship a year to attend the university versus oh if i make this much uh, through nil you can strip me of it I'm not going to go to that university. So mm. it has to be competition in the marketplace. So I don't, I think to further that competition, schools are going to be savvy and not try to limit that. Um, just because usually like from my experience, you've seen scholarships uh, be taken away or diminished when uh, you make a certain threshold or your income goes high enough. But because the, at that point, as a student, you're not really offering value to the school. They're giving you the value, so they give you a scholarship. But if I'm providing value as an athlete and, you know, people come to see me, I can use that in, as a negotiating tool to have you pay for it. If you're not going to pay for it, I'll transfer. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do see that being the the end end of affairs, but I can see the arms races happening first, right? Like, we know universities are so cheap. 
Yes. Like, and they have no right to be like, it's just very strange sometimes to see where universities draw the line um, when it comes to money. So I'm just saying I could see at first maybe some attempts to try and put in caps, but when schools see that that's that could actually be to their detriment, then it could become harmonized and, you know, those types of things don't happen um, anymore. Okay. Because they're also going to be uh, having access to agents as well. Agents are going to be on the lookout for those mm-hmm. kind of provisions and let yeah. you know, you sign this, mm-hmm. this is the ramification. So you're not dealing with, you know, you know, wide eyed 18 year olds, but you might be dealing with sophisticated agents who's going to really negotiate for, for some of these players. Right. Shout out to Rich Paul on the best <laughs> right now. Um, my last question, once again, thank you all for uh, coming on the show and, and talking to me about this. But this, this is my favorite question, because. So you got my boy Jalen Rose, Chris Webber in the Fab Five. You got Johnny Manziel down in in Texas College Station. You got Reggie Bush, USC. You've gotten Terrell Pryor in Ohio State. I go on and on and on and on and on. But the point is, all these players um, in these situations have gotten reprimanded. Their names been sullied. They've been, uh, you know, put through the cold, through, put through the grain, uh, been vilified by many. If they had this NIL rule, they would have been all, um, they would have been all good. So my, essentially what I'm asking is, can they, like, is, is there a way that they can legally um, try to fight exactly what, what they got reprimanded for in the first place, given the fact that a couple of years later, boom, the very thing that you wanted me not to do, now you're letting everyone do? Mm. You know, I can, um, it's still an open question, right, to be clear, because I've, I've been seeing what Reggie Bush has been doing. Um, you need to get his Heisman back. Right, right. and Heis- the, the Heisman Foundation has been pretty quiet about it, you know. Very quiet, but they came to his house and took it. Right, they sure, <laughs> I remember that, they sure did. And it's sad, right, because I, I saw some estimations that, if the rule that has now just taken, um, that has now gone into effect was in effect when Reggie Bush was playing, he would have made somewhere between like four and $6 million. Easily, easily. Meanwhile, he was talking about how, you know, after he spent his uh, scholarship money on essentials and stuff like that, each month he only had like $200 left. You um, had Shabazz Napier. I'm I'm sorry to cut you off. You had Shabazz Napier talking Mm -hmm. about, during the national championship game in NCAA, talking about how he ain't got food to eat. Mm-hmm. And he out here sweating for 36, 38 insane. minutes on the court in front of millions of dollars, oh, millions of people. I'll be damned. That's but absolutely anyway. insane. And so it is It is unclear at this moment whether it's retroactive, um, whether it will be retroactive. I think that a lot of that is going to happen on a case-by-case basis, unless maybe whether it's vis-a-vis state legislation or federal legislation where there's a provision that says, and anybody who got punished, who would have been punished for this before must be returned, um, you know, whatever awards that they were previously given um, or something something like that. Like I could see a retroactivity provision um, being put in the legislation, but, you know, that just depends again on like the political process. So it remains to, to be seen where this will go. Yeah, for me, like, I personally don't see an avenue, especially legally, for them to, for like Reggie Bush or someone in his similar case to get like recourse because uh, the NCAA being a private entity, like 
it's very different than let's say you were convicted of a crime and they were expunging your record and you're telling the, the government what to do, but for them to try to enforce a law or enforce you know, a provision on a private entity mm-hmm. um, and impose a look back period. Um, I mean, is it possible? It's yes, but it's yeah. a high burden. It, it, yeah, it's definitely burden. something that will be definitely hard to to achieve but the ncaa for themselves they can you know choose to vindicate reggie bush and offer him the heisman or what's the heisman foundation and say yeah we now know this was not the right thing to do here we'll give it to you as a token um but that's very different from having standing legally to be able to adjudicate that supposed wrong i did not want to hear that but okay (laughs) um because like I'm just thinking about guys that, you know, as you guys know, you guys are, you know, sports fans. There are guys that play in college that were dominant, but they weren't dominant in the pros. But they would have made a bunch of revenue from themselves had they were able to monetize it while they were in college. A Matt Liner, Ray Jackson, Jimmy King, um, you know, Jimmy King, Ray Jackson were part of the Fab Five. Chris Webber, Juwan Howard and Jalen Rose all went to the NBA and had great careers but those two were just you know after after michigan that was it so you know and the ncaa can't give them no bread so no money they they can't give them no money shot it hey they can't give them no money not really i mean you also have like ed o'bannon who also filed the case like maybe like over a decade ago after he saw himself in a video game like yo that's me that's my jump shot like right. he's not a pro but they're still using his money because he when he signed the like his uh, his agreement to attend the school and got his scholarship, they said we're going to use your name, image, and likeness in perpetuity. So oh, wow. they, they, <laughs> they, lifetime, they're making money off of him. Um, but these are the type of provisions you want to look out for um, and try to get a piece of the pie while you're still a player. But yeah, I don't think for him, like even though he semi won that lawsuit, to come out and make significant money you want to get that contract in writing as you're a player and start monetizing that as soon as possible um and it's definitely a great great thing for the players because injury is also real so right right like you might be a great player for the first three years of you know your college career and then the fourth year you're injured and boom and your career is pretty much done so right. at least for those couple of years, you can start making money and be out there. That's definitely dope. Any last thoughts, final words about what you guys read, um, the, the, the series of events that occurred up to that point or what you see moving forward? Yeah, I mean, one thing I'm thinking about, um, you know, I haven't seen too much, you know, too much of it happen in like public com- commentary is like how this new breakthrough will impact women student athletes, right? Even as, we, as we've just talked about the, what remains unknown and the complexities and the things that remain unseen and all of that's great. But for example, if you're a women's basketball player, like at, you go to UConn, this is gonna be great for you. Oh yes, right? yes. yes. Um, <laughs> considering the 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 uneven playing field for women, how um, you know professional leagues and professional opportunities for women athletes are sometimes fairly limited, and even where they are available, it's simply not the same or not on par with their male counterparts. You know what right. I'm saying? Like if you're if you are, I'm thinking about the UConn woman because it's like many of them will go on to the WNBA, but they actually 
might have the opportunity to make more. <laughs> right, right. More so, money before yeah, they even get yeah, to the, um, before yeah. There, before they get there. And so that's something I'm thinking about. Or even like, I don't know if y'all saw the um, the young lady, there was this uh, young black woman um, on UCLA's uh, gymnastics team. Uh-huh. There was like a viral video of her. I think she did some more routine like Beyonce or something like that. Something like that. And it went so viral. She couldn't make money off of that. Imagine That's how much she, you know she might be able to make now, or someone in that type of position could make now. And so I'm really thinking about how um, there's a gendered element to you know these recent developments and and how they might impact uh, women student athletes for for the better. Wow, that's a really good point there. Anything else, Abdul? Um, yeah, for me, I was thinking about uh, the that Supreme Court case we were discussing, NCAA v. Alston. Uh, you know, they said players can be compensated for, you know, reasonable education expenses. And we don't know what that really means. So what's going to be considered reasonable? Is it going to be a car transportation they need to get from Mm -hmm. point A, point B, or what type of food? What is it going to be the standard set? Is it going to vary by the school that, you know, one attends? Um, Is there going to be disparity between D1 to like D3 schools? Do they still have to provide that same level of service? Is it going to implicate those schools that they'll no longer be able to have um, these uh, programs if they are, you know, if they can't afford to offer their um, students whatever is guide whatever the guidelines uh, specifies right so these are just an interesting time and an interesting space to watch because it's definitely brand new uh is developing and there's going to be a lot of back and forth so just have to wait and see what what um, the ncaa and what the what the states are going to do Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Like, um, you know, in the opinion, I was struck by uh, Justice Gors- Gorsuch's line around, um, you know, questioning, does, does this mean that like a student athlete who's at a school that gives, you know, finances for a car or gives a car as an in-kind benefit um, or scholarship benefit, can they drive a Lambo? <laughs> you know, Justice yep. Gorsuch writes about that. Um, at this time, he says that there's nothing that you know stops the NCAA from enforcing maybe a no Lambo. <laughs> um, but you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Maybe maybe they maybe schools can have a no Lambo rule. But you know, c- could the students still get a really really nice car? Oh yeah, um, Phantom is not a bad car. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Ferrari. Right. You know, like how how far will this go? It'll um, be really interesting to see in coming years. Oh, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Don't be surprised if you get like a wild student who does something crazy. And, you know, this is further scrutinized. Like, you know, told you so this wasn't the way to go. Like, you know, I can imagine an unfortunate situation where you have a DUI or, you know, student being caught underage you know at a strip club throwing dollars where they shouldn't even be there in the first place then but where did they get that money and that coming up but i don't think that should be the motivation to prevent us from doing the right thing but i can see the opponents coming up with these type of arguments uh down the line when we see an unfortunate situation oh yeah definitely i hope there's not that one person that ruins it for everybody but um Thank y'all for coming and, and, and talking about this uh, very important topic. I really appreciate it. Um, like I told y'all before, and I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking to you listeners, I said Bucks and Six, they're going to win tonight. It's going to be 2-2. Two, two. 
Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday are going to go into the Phoenix Suns and they're going to win game five and they're going to close them out in six. This is not going seven. I'm just letting y'all know this right now. So thank y'all once again for uh, coming on. Um, and I'll see y'all next week. No problem. If Cam Johnson gets dunked on like, I mean, if PJ Tuck gets dunked on like that by Cam Johnson, boy, mm. I want to see a game seven, a game eight, and a game nine. If he could get he could get dunked on, crossover. He not going to be the reason why they win. Giannis, <laughs> did you just watch Giannis? Giannis, what Giannis is doing right now is Shaquille O'Neal in 2000, where he just mm. put everybody in a blender, everybody in a spin cycle. That's what Giannis is doing right now. DeAndre in. Looking horrible. Devin Booker played like Booker T. Like it was, it was bad. Cliff, Chris Paul played like Cliff Paul. And Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, they'll show up in game four. They'll win. They only lost one game at home. And then we'll see in game five. And if it's tied 2 2, typically the team that wins game five will win the series. And I have the Bucks still win the series. Once again, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Prove Me Wrong. If you ever want to get on a show, if you ever have any comments, you can DM me or you can comment me at my Instagram, prove me wrong underscore podcast, and I'll be waiting for your comments. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. Walking out, walking out.